Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, good road win. Uh, December football, it's always great. Uh, don't care how. Wasn't perfect, but it was really good at times and really bad at times. And uh, a lot of guys had to step up and step in and did a hell of a job. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Derrick Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29-20. Derrick Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, week 13 of the 2021 NFL season is in the books. And they stand with a 9-3 and three record. They're able to travel to Atlanta, complete the sweep against a division opponent as they beat the Falcons 30-17. to 17. We're going to break down everything you need to know from that game and more on a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, live on YouTube today for episode 229. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Pretty impressive victory for the Bucks. 30 to 17. Once again, the final score. And let's just dive right into things. It was pretty evident what the Buccaneers wanted to do. The game plan was clear from the very first drive of the game. It was uh, 13 straight passing attempts for Tom Brady to open things up today. And uh, it was capped off with an incredible one-handed snag for a touchdown from running back Leonard Fournette. As this offense got a pretty good start on the road. A couple of bumps along the way, which of course we'll talk about. The defense, I thought in particular, the pass rush, stepped up in a major way today. A couple of things still need to be addressed. We'll talk about all of that here soon. But uh, Evan, what did you think of the game today, man? Hard to hard to be upset with a 9-3 and three record, right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, the the final score was a little bit closer than it actually was. Um, I really felt like the the Bucks did a good job of, uh, you know, re- re- really 
of uh, subjugating them uh, and uh, really, um, you know, making sure that uh, they got the win. And, you know, I predicted that um, it would be 31 to 24 was my predicted score. But I said, I noted how week two, I believe it was what, 48 to 25 was the final score. But it wasn't, it was closer than that, right? It wasn't like a complete blowout. Everybody knew it. Uh, the two pick sixes by Mike Edwards at the end, uh, they, you know, they really put it like deceived, deceiving a little bit. I said that this game was going to be more of the opposite kind of. The Bucks were going to win. And the Bucks were going to control the game pretty much, but the final score would actually be closer than it was. And that, that was the story, I think. I think the final score was definitely closer than this game actually was, partly due to the stupidity of the Bucks, you know, in the final seconds of the half, you know. Um, the the defense being shaky early on, uh, the offense, Ryan Suckup missing an extra point. So all that goes into, I, I do think the Bucks really played much better like than the Falcons. Like they pretty much dominated them, but the final score won't exactly show that. But nonetheless, nine and three is nine and three, and they're on the brink of uh, of, of clinching the NFC South. They, they can clinch it next weekend. Not very likely uh, because what needs to happen is the Bucks need to beat the Bills, which could happen. Uh, the Falcons need to beat the Panthers, which could happen. But the the Jets need to beat the Saints, and I just I know the Saints have been struggling, but man, it, it's the Jets. I, I don't know. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And if those all those things happen, the Bucks will clinch uh, the the NFC South. But uh, you know, hopefully they're they're able to to clinch it one of these next two weeks. I believe um, all they need is really two more wins. So, um, you know, they're they're in a, a great shape to do that. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. And as we dive into this win against the Falcons, it's important to mention, like you said, it seemed like the undoing of this team at times today was just the mistakes that they made. You know, Bucks beating Bucks. It's it's stuff that we have talked about before. We're not going to spend too long talking about it today because it's just something that, you know, I guess you just have to adapt to how it comes up every single week. That critical pick six by Tom Brady at the three-yard line, the very end of that first half, uh, it was, you know, not a great situation to be in. It made it a much closer ball game than it needed to be. The Falcons had already deferred. They were getting the ball to start that second half. So you had to count on your defense a little bit more. But when they weren't forcing things, which is exactly what they did on that pick six, I think it's important to mention that, you know, while the offense did start hot, probably the best they have looked on the road this season as far as starting, right? Those first two drives, they were able to put up, uh, put up some points. So you had to feel good about the way things were going there. Some of the connections were there early. There was a little bit of miscommunication throughout the day, 
Um, but I mean, aside from that, you know, it, it is an Atlanta Falcons team where you can you can recover from mistakes like that. But this offense had a hot start, really started to slow down. And then I think maybe when it came to that pick six, they were just overconfident, like deep in their own end zone. Less than a minute to go in the half. I know the offense had wanted to get some more points, try and get some momentum before the half, but you got one yard on a screen pass to Chris Godwin that didn't go anywhere. I mean, they were lucky to get one yard, if I remember correctly, because it looked like it almost got blown up. Um, And then you go to Leonard Fournette, just a bad route, kind of a bad throw by Brady, and the defensive lineman made a pretty athletic play to uh, end up in the end zone with seven points for Atlanta. But again, that's just, you know, it's one of those things that you look back on and you got to learn from it, I guess. It's a pick six like that isn't going to come back to bite them next week. A win is a win, and the Buccaneers are nine and three. But let's talk about this offensive game plan outside of the pick six. Like I said to start the show, it was pretty clear what the game plan was today, especially for TB12 under center. His afternoon looked like this. 38 for 51. Tom Brady threw the ball 51 times today. 368 yards, four touchdowns, and then, of course, that one interception that we talked about. And, uh, you know, another guy I think who had one of the best days of his career would have helped if he got in the end zone. But uh, you talk about production, man. Chris Godwin, 15 receptions, 143 yards, led the team in receiving today. And I believe set a franchise record for receptions in a game. Just a great day for Brady aside from the pick. And uh, really this offense, he was able to find a lot of guys today. Yeah, and um, Taser is in the chat trying to get me all riled up, I guess. He said, uh, Brady has thrown one interception at least in the last five games. Troubling. Okay, yeah, clearly. Well, he, threw, he, threw, he threw four touchdowns today, so if you're no, troubled. I, no, um, I mean, no, 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 no. I, people have been talking about it, dude. You've seen it. We've talked about it. Maybe it is time for the Bucks to. He's to, done. Maybe it's time for the Bucks to worry about the quarterback position, huh? Do we need to worry about Tom? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, he has whatever. I mean, it's five games. So you dating back to, to the Saints game, I guess. Um, the one interception in the Saints game, uh, Godwin's being held. Um, you know, um, the Washington game, Jalen Darden has it, then all of a sudden doesn't. Mike Evans drops the ball, goes right into the Giants defender's hands. So, I mean, it's just whatever i'm not gonna get into that it i i don't i don't know i i don't i'm just not even gonna get into it i'm not gonna get into it today because they won tom brady threw four touchdowns he was fantastic okay he was spectacular if you're gonna say otherwise you clearly didn't watch the game or you're just biased against him for some reason um and he's been fine he was fine against the colts last week he was good against the giants the week before that his only bad game this season was against washington Even in the Saints, he had moments of being spectacular. So just stop. I think it's also important to mention, especially after watching the game today, this offense was kind of taking what they were given. Uh, A lot of teams had figured out how to respect the deep ball from Tampa Bay. They play a lot of two high safeties throughout the entire game, forced Tampa Bay to look at some more of that short passing game, which we saw in that first drive. We've seen that start to develop for this team over the past few weeks. But, you know, that's how teams are playing the Bucs now. Like, you're, you're not all the time going to see Tom Brady rear back for that 30, 40 yard completion. He had a couple of tries today. He missed Mike Evans, who was wide open. I think it was on that third down, the third and four. Um, and if I remember, it was after they had gotten a turnover. I I, I think it was in the third quarter, if you know what I'm talking about. But uh you know, yeah, a it was after of... the it was it was after the fumble. Right. Um 
But I mean, just the production that they were able to put together, even though Atlanta had a pretty good game plan on pass defense, like did they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, really I guess not. Tom Brady threw through 368 yards. <laughs> so did they really have a great game plan? To... Yeah, I guess I not. But uh, they were, you know, definitely trying to secure the top of their defense. Another guy on the offense who had an incredible day: Vintage Gronk, four receptions, 58 yards, and two touchdowns. Big 87 showed that he is still that dude playing healthy as ever with two touchdowns. And after this game, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are now second all-time in the history of the league for touchdowns between a quarterback and a tight end duo behind Peyton Manning and uh, Marvin Harrison. So Gronk really, you know, we talk about Brady having a record-breaking year. Gronk is having just as many himself. He's one 100-yard game away from uh, breaking Tony Gonzalez's streak for, I guess, tight end 100-yard games at that position. And then uh, there's another record that he's creeping up on. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Rob Gronkowski, when he's healthy, man, he is still very much that dude, and, and we saw that today. He ends up in the end zone twice. Yeah, it was kind of a, a quieter day from him until the, the touchdowns. I mean, he had two catches and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And then and then he got a few there late, but um, he, he had a drop. He he had one. It looked like a little bit of a miscommunication between him and Brady. So overall, like it wasn't like the great, the sharpest game by him. But like finding the end zone twice, it you know it's still uh still very very nice. And the 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 second one was that was a good audible by Brady. Uh, Gronk said in his press conference that that's an audible by Brady, and he saw that what defense they were going to be in and knew that if they got the fade ball, he'd have a one on one shot. So uh, really good catch by him. And um, yeah, I mean. He's he's all the way healthy now. I, I don't really think there, there's much of a question about that. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's not the first time that, you know, we've had to talk about that level of communication between Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, it's no coincidence that you have to know each other pretty well to end up second all-time in uh, quarterback and tight end touchdown receptions, but we saw it week one when they were playing the Cowboys. There was a time where Tom had, you know, checked Rob into a different route, uh, route had basically seen something in the offense, and it was that the linebacker was going to bite on something. So Rob just ran down the middle of the field after wi- or faking a block, and he was wide open for the touchdown. That's just the the mental telepathy, I think, is a great way to put it. The level of communication that these guys have, how well they know each other. And I think Gronk even said it himself. Tom usually knows what he's going to do before he knows what he's going to do on some plays. And, uh, you know, we saw him do some pretty cool things on heads-up plays today. On offense as well, we talk about some other guys who stepped up. Mike Evans, seven receptions, one yard shy of 100 yards, but that's all right. 99 yards for big number 13. And then uh, Lenny, while he wasn't spectacular on the ground this week, while he was, he opened things up with a pretty nice drive, catching the ball, seven receptions, 48 yards. And then that one receiving touchdown I had talked about. Can we talk about that catch for a minute? I mean, if anybody hasn't seen it, go back and check the replay. Just a little one-handed snag for Lenny. It looked like one of those catches you'd see at training camp, but uh, it was a great catch. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good throw. Um, oh as yeah, well, to where lofting it right over the right over the linebacker's hand there. So, I really like the design, and uh, they, you know, the design on the first two touchdowns was essentially the same. It just happened to be Leonard Fournette and Cameron Bray. Um, you know, like I said, the the design on those two touchdowns was very similar, um, but it worked. And uh, yeah, like you said, Fournette. 
as long as he's able to do his job, man, like as long as he's able to do his job and not screw up, like just catch the football. You don't have to be this Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type receiver out there, but just do your job, catch the football and maybe make a guy miss run over a guy who knows. Um, you know, it's just, you know, as long as he's doing his job, you're not going to see a guy like Gio Bernard out there as much. And I know that people have talked about him a lot, but that's why, because Fournette has been good at doing it. Like he's been good. It's it's a fact. So if he continues to be this way and be the security blanket, the check down option for this offense, then so be it. Yeah. I think a really important part of this offense getting going is really real, as real, did. real quick. I wanted, sorry to cut you off. I just oh, want to get out in front of this. Uh, Dub said, I wanted to see Rojo in the fourth, but I know B.A. still worried about Rojo making a mistake. Um, he was hurt. Uh, he, he was questionable with an illness. Uh, I'm not sure if he came back into the game after he left, but, yeah, he was not 100%. Uh, so that might have been why you, you didn't see him. Just yeah, want to get out in front of that. Curious to see what happens with him because I, I read that he left the game with an illness, and I assume he's just throwing up, you know, blowing chunks all over the sideline. They got to bring him back and check on him. But, uh you know, hopefully he should be good to go for next week. But talking about some other reasons that this offense was so successful this week and I think had as good of a start as they did was the play action. I mean, it's hard to not want to use the play action the way that they did today after, you know, Leonard Fournette putting up four touchdowns last week. So obviously teams are going to respect the run a little bit more this week. And we saw that happen with Atlanta. That first drive, 13 passes in a row, seemed like half of them, if not more than half, were play action. And they generally work, right? A lot of people have been banging down Byron Leftwich's door this year to get him to call more play action. And uh, I think it was responsible for the hot start from the offense today. Yeah, I mean, it's just just like you said about uh, sort of doing what works, right? Um, the, the play action works. The check downs work. The Bucks were able to take some deep shots today. They took more deep shots today than they have in the past few weeks. Um, because Atlanta was doing a little bit more single high safety. And you know why? Because the Bucks were checking it down so efficiently. So when you do that, it's going to open up your, your deep ball. Like that, that's what it's going to do. So um, as long as they're able to, to maintain the patience there, right. Of not hitting the 50 yard pass, but the five yard pass on, you know, on second down to make it a third and three instead of the 25 yard pass, you know, that works. Like it's okay. And as long as they can stay patient there, the defenses are going to start giving them other looks to where they can hit those deep shots is that the defenses are going to be keying in on those checkdowns and they're going to be doing a lot more single high and stuff. So just stay patient and the deep shots will come. And they did come a little bit today, right? Tom Brady hit Mike Evans on a deep ball. Uh, the, the second, the first one, Kelsey touchdown was like a seamer out down the middle. Um, they hit Godwin on, on a nice little 25 yard gain. So, you know, it, it, it works and just be patient with it. You got to have patience. And right now they, they are doing that. Yeah. Also shout out to our guy, Cameron Bright, the Harvard grad ending up in the end zone. Nice to see a touchdown from 84 every now and again. Let's take a look at the other side of the football, because while we want to talk about the offense, I know there were some things that probably could have been cleaned up. The defense, obviously, also working with what they were given. Some injuries in the secondary today. Jamel Dean left the game being evaluated for a concussion, if I remember. Um, so let's yeah, go ahead. He, he, did, he did not return. Um, and, and Sean Murphy Bunting got hurt, but that was on the last drive, so we don't really have an update. But Jamel Dean did not return. Yeah, but let's go ahead and talk about this defense today, because... Coming into this game was the first game and, uh, well, since week one, first game all season that they had 
all three of their starting corners ready to go. And, and they had that for a whole, you know, first half. And then, of course, the injury started to happen. But I thought the defense stepped up in a major way this week, in particular the pass rush. The way they were able to get after Matt Ryan today is exactly what we have been asking for and expecting a couple of times this year. I mean, Matt Ryan was simply uncomfortable. Five sacks on the day and a lot of credit to the big guys up front. Vita Vea got himself two sacks. And Dominica Sue got two sacks. Cam Gill got two sacks, his second of the season. Maybe a He's maybe, got one, yeah. Yeah, maybe another guy adding into that uh, pass rush rotation. But I thought they did a pretty good job putting pressure on the quarterback today. There were a couple of times where Atlanta was driving, but you know, guys were able to force some plays. The first drive of the third quarter, Pierre Desir. His second turnover in two weeks, he's able to force the fumble. And uh, while the Bucks on his to... on his first play in, mind yeah. you, yeah, his that first was... play in after Jamel Dean goes out, the Bucks offense wasn't able to do very much with it. But you know, when it's a game like this and you're on defense where you're already spread thin, you love to see guys step up and make plays. And I think that's what this defense was able to do this week to uh, definitely you know keep Atlanta out of this because Atlanta would have had ten points if it wasn't for the Brady pick six. Right, yeah, this game really wouldn't have been uh, very close. Um, I mean, like I said, it still really wasn't. But, yeah, the interior of Atlanta's offensive line just got dominated. I mean, uh, Sue, Vea, whoever, Will Golston, like whoever it was. I mean, even Nacho had a few nice reps. Whoever it was just, you know, Atlanta's tackles didn't play bad, but the interior of their line just kept getting, you know, collapsed. And, yeah, Matt Ryan is not a mobile guy, so – um, when that collapses, he's not going to be able to really step up, and that's going to force him to, like you said, be uncomfortable. So that's a big key, I think. And, uh, you know, this, this offensive line, this Falcons offensive line, has been bad, and it was a big key for the Bucks defense and to get pressure. And the Bucks allowed zero points in the second half because of it, and, and that was a, a huge part of it. Well, and it was pretty crucial the time that they did decide to step up and start getting after Matt Ryan because – you know, we talked all about the run defense this season, and the Falcons had 100 yards rushing throughout the first quarter. I mean, Cordero Patterson was giving us hell. Mike Davis got them their first touchdown of the game. He ended up in the end zone. You know, they didn't really have an answer for the run defense early until, of course, the second half when they allowed zero points, and Atlanta wasn't really looking to run the ball as much anymore. Well, um, the, the Falcons actually ran the ball the same amount of times as they did in the first half. Uh, they had 10 rushes for 99 yards in the first half. And then the second half, 10 rushes for 20 yards. So big well, difference I, there. Yeah, well, I take back what I said, but I guess that stat line right there just shows you the level of production that Atlanta was looking at as far as the ground game went and uh, the way the defense was able to respond after, you know, kind of getting knocked on their ass in that first quarter by the run game was, uh, you know, it was pretty good to see. Yeah. Um, so I texted you this and and you suggested that I just be an offensive coordinator. And I was like, sure. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't I don't know why more teams don't do this. I understand that not all teams have the same personnel and everything like I get it. Right. However, the the key to beating the Bucks, if you're going to run the ball, if you're going to commit to running the football, the key to beating the Bucks is you got to spread them out. You, you have to be able to run outside of the tackles and to the sideline, because if you do that, you're able to stretch out the defense and Vita Vey and Adam can sue then they're almost useless on those plays. They're not going to be able to get there quick enough, but when you're trying to run right up the middle, it's just, there's not enough space there. So if you give yourself space, you're going to be able to do that. Atlanta in the first half, especially on that first drive was doing that. 
they, they did the little tosses with Patterson or the Mike Davis touchdown. It was to the outside. It wasn't exactly a toss where he went five yards outside of the box, but they're running it towards the outside. So when you do that, it like I said, it's just, it's going to put more pressure on the corners and on the safeties and on the linebackers. And of course they didn't have Jordan Whitehead today. Um, you know, that's going to put more pressure on those guys and make guys like Vita Vea, Will Golson, the Dominican Sioux sort of non-factors. Um, and that's what they did in the first drive. Now, you know, our team's going to be able to stick with that for a full 60 minutes. Atlanta obviously couldn't. And a lot of it's because of the Bucks. you know, offense. You just, you need to keep passing the ball. And if the Bucks pass rush can tee off, then that's that. But um, yeah, I, I I mean, they, they made the adjustments needed, and I, I think it was uh, really just about the defensive line. Shout out to the secondary, though, because uh, specifically on the Cam Gill sack, it was more of a coverage sack. Uh, the secondary, I thought, played well. Didn't really hear him a whole lot. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you heard his name in the first half. You don't even really remember if he played in the second half. Um, Russell Gage, you heard him a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, Cordero Patterson was a non-factor in the passing game and uh, in the running game. Yeah. They really neutralized them in, in the second half. Yeah. I thought so too, man. Just, you know, a victory that this Buccaneers team needed, I, I guess before we go any further, we should probably talk about some of the things that could still be cleaned up uh, on both sides of the ball, because we mentioned that this is an Atlanta Falcons team that isn't necessarily that great. So if there are mistakes made, they're a little bit easier to recover from, but as you start to, want to get into playoff form as these games start to matter a little bit more down the stretch. Obviously getting guys healthy is one thing, but executing the best that you can is, is the rest of, you know, what football is. And as we look at this team and the games that they have left, the way that they've been playing, um, you know, what are some things that you could nitpick from this one about, you know, things that just have to be fixed for this team? Yeah, uh, real quick, I wanted to answer Emily. Uh, she's calling on Coach Evan, so she's she's calling Coach Evan. <laughs> Got to get the headset on, uh, man. Someone get this yeah. guy a headset in sixty million. <laughs> I thought the thought I thought Carlton was a warrior out there today. He really battled, uh, <laughs> play, played well, and uh, you know his first game back, just getting acclimated to it. Got banged up a little bit, was able to come back, and you know uh, that drop pick just have on the jugs machine this week. Working on those, can't have those, of course, but. <laughs> Yeah, to Davis, you know, he was he was back and he's playing well. About, we're excited to, we're excited to get him back. Man, how about the commentator going in on Carlton Davis, by the Jack way? Jonathan Vilma did oh not love Oh my god. Oh, real quick, real quick before I answer the question. So, uh, real asked. quick, those guys were terrible in the booth. Well, today. that's what I'm saying. The, the commentary, Jonathan Vilma kept saying, you know, this Bucks offense, they're going to really want to run the ball. And I was yeah. like, do you think they're the Tennessee he kept, Titans? He keeps saying, <laughs> like, uh, hey, we'll check for Tom to check into a run right here. And then yeah, they do like, the exact like, opposite of what he would are say. They, are they like the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, it's like the, he never watched the Bucks game before. It's like he watched last week because he knew he had the game this week. And was yeah. like, oh, this is what they do. Yeah. And like, no. That's, well, he that's saw that, you know, obviously Leonard Fournette is, uh, I, I guess, the pillar of this offense based off of what he had seen from the highlights that he watched in five minutes from last week. Uh, yeah. But he he lost me when he spent like three or four plays talking about purple and pink shoes, asking the other guy if you know how much he could pay him to get him in purple and pink cleats out there for the day. And then it was just awkward because they seem to forget that these guys are wearing purple and pink cleats because it's my cleats, my cause this week, and they're all charitable causes. Right. And you know, it was just there were just so many awkward moments. The chemistry wasn't there, and it's it's blatantly obvious when you have a couple of announcers who couldn't be interested any less in the game they're supposed to be calling. So yeah, Fox uh, yeah, do, I mean, do better. Kenny Albert's good. 
I mean, you know, Kenny Albert does a good job, but yeah, Jonathan Vilma. I don't know. Jonathan Bountygate Vilma says Holy uh, <laughs> Beeman. Um, yeah, I mean, Brady's Mahomes' daddy had mental errors inside two minutes, not running out of bounds. I understand that. That's nitpicking. I mean, that is if I'm going to nitpick one thing. Sure, Leonard Fournette just slide instead of running out of bounds, even though he was kind of forced out of bounds. It's not like he willingly just you know had room to slide and just went out of bounds. Um, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't perfect. Obviously, the the final seconds of the first half that can never happen ever again. I mean, no matter what, if it's a preseason game, even that can't happen. Um, just you know, if you, if you're gonna be aggressive there, I don't mind the screen on first down because my thought process is do something that's safe, uh, which a screen normally is, but yeah. do something that's safe, and you're able to if you complete it and get 15 yards, cool. If you complete if you complete it and it doesn't go nowhere, all right, just shut it down. They completed it, but didn't go nowhere. They should have shut it down. They, they shouldn't have gone right back to the screen. Uh, but if they didn't want to continue to go, you don't throw another screen. Uh, he, you do something else. You don't just throw another screen. So I think Arian said, you know, poor play call and poor execution. That's exactly that. You need a better ball from Brady. Um, just, I mean, that's simple. You, I mean, there's one guy really at fault there. It's not like there was much, much else. I think Leonard Fournette ran the wrong screen route. So, um, yeah, bad, bad play call, bad execution. That can't happen again. Uh, I mean, other than that, though, like, wasn't much else. Obviously, Ryan Suckup missed the, the the extra point. That That's two down in the last four games. Normally, he's been automatic, but this year has been kind of not as, as automatic. He's been really good, but he hasn't been, like, as automatic on extra points. Uh, you obviously need them come playoff time. Um, not really a whole lot else. I, I don't know. We can get into the, the third down thing, the, the third long. Yeah. Um, look, it just, it seems like, and the bucks on the season actually aren't bad in this category. Like they're really not that these, bad. These last three weeks, it feels like they are the worst yeah. in the league by a wide margin in this category. I, I was, I'll say the last two weeks, the giants really didn't. Okay. Yeah. The that's giants fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, like the last two weeks, it just seems like any third and ten plus, it's automatic. I mean, it is automatic. Um, I understand the Bucks playing back, but like, and normally teams do. But like, teams, I think the Bucks are expecting teams to basically check it down, and the Bucks just go and tackle. But teams aren't doing that. They're like coming after them, trying to find the soft zones, and then they're picking them apart. And on a third and 14, they're getting 16 yards. On a third and 13, they're getting, you know, 19 yards. They're just, they're converting these. And that can't happen come playoff time. When you have a third and 15 in the playoffs, you know, in, in the NFC championship game, you got to get off the field. You can't allow that. Um, real quick, I want to nitpick this because this is very strange to me. And I thought before we get into the next topic, whatever that may be, I thought that, I was going crazy. I I thought I was taking crazy pills. I thought I was insane. So I believe it's the Falcons third drive of the game. And the Falcons have seven points by now. They end up kicking a field goal on this drive, but there's a third and 10. Matt Ryan steps up in the pocket. He goes to run. He pump fakes runs and then throws the ball. And I swear I would bet my future kids I would bet my house that he was way past the line of scrimmage. No flag was thrown. It was a 17-yard completion. First down, the Bucs would have gotten off the field. And the announcers didn't even mention it. 
you know, nobody mentioned anything. I mean, I didn't see the Bucks sideline complaint. I'm like, what a, am I? Am I watching a different game? Like, go if you if anybody has Game Pass and can watch the full game. I doubt like that's just a, it's a it was a basic play, but it mattered because it was a third down conversion. If you have Game Pass. And, and and you can watch it. Go to that play and tell me that he is past the line of scrimmage. He's a hundred percent is. You know, I'll tell you. While we are on the topic of calls and non-calls, which we seem to be every single week here on the show, it's the return of our favorite regular segment. Every single week is, uh, you know, the best and brightest of NFL officiating once again. That one could be questionable. A couple of other plays a little more than questionable. Willie Beam and the moderator brings up in the chat the roughing the passer penalty on Anthony Nelson. Uh, I, I didn't and have it, an issue with that because it was late. What about that's the, the reason? Uh, that's the reason I didn't have an issue. the The actual hit, no, but it it was late. Well, that's here's why. here's the one that I think you and I can agree on that definitely should have been called. It was a late hit on Mike Evans. A little later yeah, on that's... in the game, it was you know the DB coming in screaming, pass is already far incomplete, and Mike still gets checked. Nothing, nothing happens. Again, not yeah, even the announcer. I, I, I don't know where the yeah, I don't know where the flag was there. That was that was blatantly obvious and it was very late but like i said that anthony nelson one the actual hit yes like that's not roughing the passer i think the big thing was it was just late um but yeah i mean it wasn't intentional by the falcons guy like you you even texted back and forth it wasn't intentional but it happened like just because it's not intentional doesn't mean you don't need to throw the flag so yeah that that was a bad one mike evans was clearly done running and he just hits him didn't blast him completely but he hit him he took him to the ground like, you know, and the ball was gone. So, um, yeah, that, that definitely should have been a flag, and that would have kept their drive going after that turnover. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, the officials didn't have a bad, bad day. It, it was Tony Carrente, so I was wondering if anybody was going to get hip-checked. Um, so, um, but, I mean, go I was looking, we were looking before there. the game. Uh, yeah, we were looking before the game. Uh, Falcons had uh, uh, three penalties against them. I think the Bucks had six. That's, that's not bad. Like, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll take that. Sure. And I think what's most important at the end of the day is, uh, you know, a win's a win. Buccaneers are nine and three with a commanding lead over the NFC South. And they went out there. They handled business today. The Falcons have been done, dealt with, swept, if you will, on the oh, no, season. I, I, hang on. I do have to give the Bucks credit. Okay. The Bucks had the Bucks had three and the Falcons had six. So oh, that's, one of, the, that's okay. one of the, that's, that's one of the Bucks lowest penalty totals in, in a little bit now, I think. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about Bucks beating Bucks today, but it certainly didn't come from costly penalties, at least, you know, constantly throughout this game. So that is something it really, it was one play. Like, I mean, really, it was literally like one play, like the third downs, whatever, but like the, the one pass, play right? of Bucks beating Bucks was the, the interception. It, yeah. That's that, yeah. to me, to me, that's the one play. Yeah. Well, I think with the way that they controlled Atlanta throughout this game, it's it's more than forgivable, the mistakes that were made on offense. Sure, they left some points on the field, right? They probably could have gotten some points after the turnover to start the third quarter, but, you know, it, it is what it is. A win is a win. So, you're not going to look back on this and be pissed about the six points that they may or may not have left out there. I'm just looking. Oh, yeah, I mean, the players will, but, like, whatever. Like, you know, they're right. the ones playing. If it's, a better, if it's um, a better team, it's a much different conversation. But the right. fact that, you know, the defense only allowed 10 points, it's just – it's it's not even worth trying to bicker about something like that. So, real quick, the Bucks. I just checked the last three games. The Bucks had six penalties against the Giants, four against the Colts, and three today. So, are we going to start talking about how they really cleaned it up? Or, I mean – so it looks like they've done a decent job at cleaning it up now. So after it was a huge issue, like yeah. 
recently, like, like very recently, uh, these last three weeks have been very, you know, very, very good. And penalties is the one thing, like the opponent doesn't matter to me. Like if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, right? Like the, the quality of opponent that you're playing does not dictate the amount of penalties you're going to take. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a good sign. You know, you're under, if you're under eight, if you're under eight, you know, if you're under eight penalties, um, which they have been the last three games. I, I think that, that's a really good sign. So hopefully they can continue that because you're going to need it next week. Like yeah. the Bills are coming to town and the Bills, I still believe the Bills are probably a top five team in the league. I, I think when they when they can turn it on, they can beat almost anybody. So uh, you're, you're going to have to play a pretty clean football game next week. Yeah, 100%. But as we move on from this week and, and talk about the rest of the season, I guess it's about time we get to, uh, I don't know about the elephant in the room because the Buccaneers did just win a football game, but some of the bigger Buccaneer news from this week, and that regards a couple of players who are facing suspensions. Uh, Wide receiver Antonio Brown, safety Mike Edwards, and free agent John Franklin III have all been suspended three games for violating COVID protocols. So the situation was this. The NFL Players Association represented these players during a joint NFLPA review into the recent allegations that the players misrepresented their vaccination status under the NFL-NFLPA COVID-19 protocols. The review supported those allegations that were already against Antonio Brown and found that the players had indeed violated the protocol. So long story short, way back in training camp, Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards and John Franklin had obtained fake vaccination cards since then it has been updated in public knowledge now that all three of those players were vaccinated by the start of the season so you know it it is what it is the uh the investigation was was done by the nfl and the nflpa they they took a look at things and they decided to slap them on the wrist with three games so you're down a wide receiver for three you're down mike edwards and then of course john franklin ineligible for any team that he signs with um I'll be honest, you know, with this story, I, I don't have a strong feeling about it one way or the other. I don't necessarily have strong feelings about it one way or the other. At the end of the day, what's most important is what's good for the team. Is this good for the team? No. But I mean, you know, what are you going to do about it now? Uh, a lot of the reactions on both sides of the spectrum between people wanting to cut Antonio Brown and the people who are, you know, free Antonio Brown, he did nothing wrong. It's it's been pretty uh pretty divisive of a topic, but I guess that's what happens when Antonio Brown ends up in the NFL headlines once again. I'll stop blabbing. Evan, what is your take on this before we uh, you know, start to move on here? Yeah, um just like you said, it it, it obviously hurts the team. Um yeah, the frustrating thing to me is that like Okay, so they show up to training camp with the, the, these fake cards, and somebody lets them know that, like, hey, like that's a criminal offense. You are going to get in serious trouble if you're found with that and you try to pull this. They say okay, and then they actually get vaccinated. <laughs> right. Like if you like if you got vaccinated that easily, like why even do go, the whole fake card well, thing? Like why go on, through the man. trouble? Yeah. Like they like, come on. Like you, all this would have been completely avoided. Now. Yes, I do believe there needs to be a middle ground between cut AB and, oh, AB did nothing wrong, Rick Stroud's this, Rick Stroud's that. Um, there needs to be a middle ground, right? There, there definitely has to be, and I think there's very few fans. There's a few of them, but there's very few uh, that are able to find that middle ground, and social media is a 
a cesspool. Cluster, so yeah, uh, yeah, that is a you know that is a pit that if you go into, you'll find anything. But um, I don't believe they're going to cut either player. Uh, they would have done it by now, in my opinion. Why wait until their suspensions are over? Yeah. Why not just okay get rid of this distraction immediately? Like why not? Okay, you three, you, I mean, or you two, you guys are gone. Like cut Mike Edwards, cut Antonio Brown. Like if you're taking, you know, if they if they were gonna cut them, I just I feel like they would have done it already. Um, Mike Edwards one hurts more than Antonio Brown, and I, I'm kind of more disappointed in Mike Edwards uh, due to the lack of judgment and decision because. While it's not expected by Antonio Brown, he's he's been great. Like in in Tampa and his time in Tampa, um, as far as off the field stuff, you know, you knew the history with Antonio Brown, right? You knew he was a veteran player that had a history of stuff like this. Mike Edwards, though, as a young player, this team counted on, and, and I mean, this team, he was going to be a starter today. Like with Jordan Whitehead out, he was going to be a starter. And it's just it's selfishness. It's um, I'm not saying he needs to be cut, but he needs to be smarter. And I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's good that they're both vaccinated now. Right. I don't care what your stance is on being vaccinated or not. It doesn't matter. Right. That's not what it's about. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's uh, it's more disappointing for Edwards. Like Antonio Brown was going to miss today's game either way. Like he right. wasn't going to He was, he was already set to miss the next two games. So the first yeah. two games of his three game suspension uh, really make no difference to, to Tampa Bay as far as his on field availability. Yeah, it do- doesn't matter. Like, he was already going to miss the next two. But Mike Edwards was going to start all of them. And that's where you need a younger player to have better judgment than that. And hopefully they both have. Uh, they've both obviously been vaccinated. So hopefully this won't be an issue in the future. And, you know, the NFL apparently has started to look into it uh, from other teams because, man, I don't I can't imagine this is the only case where somebody has tried this, you know, on, on any NFL team. I can't imagine this is the only case. So, um, yeah, but like Bruce Arian said, we're going to move on. Obviously on this show, we're not really going to talk about the two players much because what's there to talk about, you know, yeah. there, there, there's nothing to say there, there, there's nothing to say there. There's no news. Now the news is already dropped. There's no more news. So, um, yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about them until they're, they're back. And if there's any news, we'll let you know, but, you know, there's, there's not going to be. So it yeah. sounds like Bruce Arians doesn't want any questions about them. <laughs> he made that very clear. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate, but you know, the, the league, I think, did him a favor by doing a three games. It, it sounded like, uh, I believe, either Ian Rapport or Adam Schefter reported that the NFL was ready to do six or six to nine games. Like, uh, I, I but, think but a, then they, they, they negotiated it down to three. I think a huge factor for these guys was the fact that not, you know, not very long after the, they had submitted those cards they ended up being vaccinated it right. seems like before the start of week one so like for a guy like antonio brown who missed the rams game excuse me missed the rams game after testing positive you know i think it helps that he was already uh you know had had the poke at that point so you know it's just one of those things um far be it from me or evan to tell anyone what to do with their personal choices but when you are a professional athlete Sometimes those personal choices can affect your uh, team. I'm, I'm not saying you had to be vaccinated. Just don't lie about it. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, Again, if, if, you're, not... if you're not, if you're unvaccinated, follow the protocols as an unvaccinated player would be. That's the issue here. It's, it's not that they're not vaccinated. It's that they lied about being vaccinated so that they didn't have to follow protocols. That's the issue. Right. Well, and that's, you know, a key difference for a lot of people who bring up Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. for example. Everybody knew he was unvaccinated. 
Yeah. Well, everybody but the but media the media and the general he, public. He, he missed. He misled. The, he lied to the media. He didn't lie to the league. There, right. There's a difference. Yeah. Antonio Brown lied to Roger Goodell, and and you already know that Goodell is a huge fan of AP. So and I mean, he he lied to the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, Mike Edwards lied to the Bucks. Like. Yeah. There, there, there has to be a little bit of trust that that's gone there. But I do expect both those players to be back. This is the, like I said, it's the last we'll talk about them until until they're they're back. So yeah, any yeah. questions about them, we probably won't even acknowledge. Uh, but we don't believe they'll be cut. We, we both are in agreement there. I believe we, they're not going to be cut. They'll be back. As far as their future for next season, who knows? Right? Who knows? I, I don't know. Right? Antonio Brown's a free agent. We only know if he'll be back or he'll sign with another team. Um, we'll see, but for this season, we both expect them to be back, not be cut, but it, it is unfortunate, and it, it's a lot of bad decision-making by them, too. Yeah, well, uh, let's go ahead and end things on a good note and look at the progress that the Buccaneers have, not only at winning their own division, as they have the possibility to clinch the NFC South as soon as next week, given some crazy circumstances, but, uh, you know, still very much in the chase for the one seed, you look back on things they could have done better throughout the season, a win versus Washington yeah. after the bye week, after the bye week where everybody else in the NFC had some trouble, you know, taking care of business that week would have gone a long way, but the bucks still very much in it. Just one game behind Arizona sitting in the three seed right now behind Arizona and the Packers who uh, I believe green Bay still yet to play their game, but um, green Bay has a bye this week. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I remember that. Now I had to move some guys around in fantasy this week because of it. But, yeah, the Buccaneers, as close as they can be to clinching the NFC South. Of course, the Saints have have really fallen off, just been playing some terrible football in New Orleans, which you love to see. They were able to handle the Falcons today, and uh, Cam Newton back with the Panthers yeah. leads to them parting ways with their offensive coordinator today. So safe Joe, to say, Joe Brady isn't the issue. It's when your quarterbacks <laughs> are Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, okay? So, uh, so safe to say with five games left and a four game lead over the rest of the division, the Buccaneers could very soon put the NFC South to bed and a successful 2021 campaign would make them the NFC South champions for the first time. And God, it's gotta be over 10 years, right? Well, the last time they won, I think was 2007. Yeah. It's been quite a long time since the Buccaneers were division champs, but you gotta yeah, feel good. I mean, you, you gotta think, Rhett. They, they didn't make the playoffs for the first time since 2007 last year. So. Exactly. <laughs> they they so, couldn't have been the champs. The, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, they'll accomplish one of their goals. One of their goals this season. They said, you know, last year, yeah, we won the Super Bowl. Didn't win. Didn't win the division though. Mm-hmm. You know, their two main goals. It looks like one they'll accomplish, and one might be a little bit tougher. Um, their two main goals were win the division and get the one seed. So. Uh, looking ahead, since we're going to be doing this real quick, uh, Cardinals, they won today. They play the Rams next Monday night. Uh, they play at Lions versus the Colts at Cowboys versus the Seahawks. So there's a few games in there hey. that maybe the Cardinals could lose. I mean, the Lions. Lions, tough team. The Lions. Yeah. Lions <laughs> got a tough team going. They're still playoff eligible. Got their first win of the season today over Minnesota. You better better look out for them boys in Detroit biting, uh, biting kneecaps. <laughs> and then uh, as far as the Packers go, a little bit of a lighter schedule, uh, but the Packers are ahead of the Bucks right now uh, versus the Bears at the Ravens versus the Browns versus the Vikings and at the Lions. So a um, little bit of a lighter schedule there, but I mean, there's a few games, maybe the Ravens, uh, they have three divisional games there. They're always close. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they slip up there. 
um, yeah, but th- that's the breakdown. I saw uh, Dante was asking, where's Tony? Uh, Tony is actually, I believe, in New York celebrating his birthday. Oh, yeah, so Tony Baloney. T- today happy, today happy is his birthday. Yeah. Quick, okay, so quick clap. Let's um, go, Tony Baloney. <laughs> so, Missing him in the live um, chat. But, uh, hey, man, how about his birthday celebration? You said he's up in New York. He isn't just up in New York. He's sitting courtside at the Knicks don't game. Tell me, don't tell me he's a Knicks fan. Don't <laughs> tell me he's a Knicks. Please don't be a Knicks fan. That would be that would be the worst. If, if he's a Knicks fan, I don't want to hear another word about being a Philly sports fan. I don't want to hear another <laughs> word. Oh, man. Shout out once again to our guy, Tony Baloney. One thing I wanted to say before we wrap things up, you look ahead at the schedules for both Arizona and Green Bay. Man, wouldn't that be something for the Detroit Lions to play upset to both of those teams and help both the Bucks get the one seed? <laughs> oh my God, wouldn't that be great if they just if they just become a juggernaut in the second half of the year? They take down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, slow down Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray came back from injury today. He had one hell of a game, two rushing touchdowns and two touchdowns through the air for him. I think the Lions can do it, man. It's a tall task, but you saw they way you saw the way they took down the unstoppable Kirk Cousins today. So. I yeah, I trust Baker. Detroit, huh? Um, yeah. Real quick, uh, just to end the show. Uh, Danny asked, "Why don't Evans and Brady have great connections?" Some something game after game, I keep noticing. So, in this offense, there's a lot of option routes. Um, yeah, the, that tight end they have in Detroit is nasty. He's on my fantasy team, TJ Hargitay. Let's go. Um, the the uh, uh, in this Bruce Arians offense, a lot of it is a lot of option routes, um, and uh, it's it's tough because that's where a quarterback and the wide receiver have to be on the same page. But a lot of times they aren't, and it could lead to interceptions. It could lead to incompletions. Uh, you saw a lot with Jameis Winston in 2019. There was a few that's like that's an option route. Hmm. Um, the wide receiver goes one way, the quarterback throws it the other way. Uh, just about communication. Now on the um, on, on the deep ball, yeah, that that's something uh, that needs to be fixed a little bit. I have my opinions on that deep ball that Brady supposedly missed. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have my opinions. Uh, well, but it seems I know. think you're I think you're in the Tony Baloney camp this week where, uh, you know, Tony Baloney would say something. Oh, I mean, Mike Evans at 99 is... yards. Mike Evans on my fantasy team, too. So yeah, well, I'm, maybe I'm maybe he would have had over 100 if he wasn't being so lazy on that rep is he something Tony Baloney would say if he puts his hands out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've done sure of it. Um, yeah. So it's just, like I said, a lot of it is, is the offense. And I mean, Brady missed Godwin uh, today on, on a route, very similar. That was like an option, not necessarily the deep ball, but one of them option routes where he's expecting somewhere, something to be, and it's just not. And um, yeah, you got to think of just how quickly in the NFL you have to make decisions. And uh, you know, so Brady's looking one way, you got to throw it. Like you got, you got to throw in the receivers, not there. He's not there. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's not a troublesome, their connections fine, but yeah, you'd like to see them hit on, hit on uh, you know, on a few of those. Yeah. Now, as we start to wrap things up, Evan, I'm going to toss this over to you, man. Wanted to ask, it's been a while since I think we've really brought this one into the limelight here, but all is not forgotten in this segment. Do you have anything for the take bag this week? As we take a look at the Buccaneers, who are 9-3, four-game lead in the NFC South, sitting pretty right now, still got to keep winning if you want to get to the one seed, but you can't hate the spot that they're in. So following a win like today, what have you got for the take bag, my friend? Yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring it back. I, I still go. have it here. Yeah. I still have it. 
I still have the the bag. Um, so I, I don't have much. I, Tyler Johnson's been disappointing me. Um, I just I really wish he would have you know Brown's absence, you know, with the injury and everything, and now the suspension. Like, wish he would have just just taken advantage of it, and he really I, hasn't. I thought he had a good game last week as a blocker. I thought okay, he's sure. blocking he his being, ass off, but he, I guess that's not what he's that's really an on the field. lineman's job. Yeah, it's not really what he's on the field <laughs> for, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the quarterback dictates where it goes, and if he, Tyler Johnson's open, just doesn't get the ball. I get it, but like you'd like to see a little bit more. I feel like he he was productive last year, you know, in in spurts when he got opportunities, and yeah, you would. I would just, I just like a little bit more. I would like a little bit more. He's my guy. Um, I'd like to see him get in the end zone at least once this year. And hopefully, you know, he has probably two, two more opportunities to do it until Antonio Brown comes back. So, um, you know, hopefully he will. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot. I mean, Cameron Brait has another touchdown. He only has two this year, which is weird. Um, seems like he has more, but he's just not really targeted much. It's been mostly Gronkowski when they're in the red zone, honestly. So, um, you know, when you have a weapon like Gronkowski, guys like Cameron Brayton and OJ Howard aren't going to get as many looks. So OJ Howard also didn't really appear at all today. So, yeah. um, other than that though, not a whole lot. Bradley Pinion had a nice day again. I thought, um, just keeps racking them up. Of course. Yeah, uh, man. The all after, pro after that, after that, after that shanked punt, you're right in the in the indie game in the the opening of the indie game he's just been lights out you gotta so. bounce back got out it's all it's all, bounce about, back. it's all about all, how you all the goats all the goats bounce back i mean mm-hmm. that's just yeah. that's just how you know about. tom brady didn't win every super bowl he didn't win every and that's yeah that's on him he's just he's <laughs> he's washed yeah because he's because he's done so 34 touchdowns on the year for tb12 clearly oh and oh and one more thing and i'm gonna leave the the chat in, in a blaze here when, when i say this uh you can't, and I, I bring it up again. You can't just ignore Byron Leftwich's good play calling and then only acknowledge his bad. Okay, like people were destroying him for the the last second thing, which before the half, which you should rightfully so. Um, but also like the drive after the turnover in, in the second half when they mm-hmm. opened it, um, people were criticizing him for that. Oh, what is with these play calls? But then there there was crickets when when the Bucks were going out and dominating on, on the first two drives. Crickets. You you can't you can be one way or the other. Like you can't just just only do one one side of the spectrum there. So it's not oh Byron left which is terrible. Well then who was calling the plays there when they were scoring a bunch of points? That who who was doing that was was it somebody else? Or, or is it not him? So no, it was only it was only Tom I don't, Brady. I mean, don't I, I you don't know that? He's... Don't you know that Tom Brady is our entire offense? Oh man, that's why they've been struggling. Yeah, um, get, get with the program. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. It's just it can't be all one guy, and like it, it's not. And I I hate to because I don't I, I think Byron Leftwich is good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's awful. But like fans sit there and it's just it's crickets. It's crickets when the Bucks have success, but as soon as they have some any type of damaging play or or a bad drive, it's light right to Leftwich, right to him. And I just I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. So that's that's my my two cents on the subject. And that was the impromptu take back. There we go. Well, that's just gonna wrap things up for us this week on the Cannon Fire Podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode. Shout out to all of our people here in the live chat over on YouTube. 
Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Real quick shout out to our moderators, Willie Beeman and Ben Leeper holding it down. Jay Gutter, Danny, Edwin Hernandez, Brady is Mahomes, Daddy, Dante Holmes, Richard T. Dub, and anybody else that I may have missed. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. The Buccaneers are 9-3. and three. Dare I say it again? The first time they have been 9-3 and three since I believe 2008. I think we all know how that one ended. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't a playoff appearance back in 2008, but it, it is the first a coaching time. change. It is the first time in 13 years that the Buccaneers have had this good of a record. And with five games left, a four-game lead on the rest of the division, you got to like their chances. But the way that I look at it right now, just uh, just keep winning, right? Just win, baby. The old Al Davis route to wrap things up. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out this week's episode. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. It is free. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find them on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week with the weekly mailbag show. Maybe we'll have a special guest. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I guess you just have to wait around and find out. Um, we did have a third guy today for about five minutes and, uh, he bailed on us and we were supposed to, we were supposed to have our good friend James on the show today, but clearly he's got better things to do. So, so thanks James. If you guys want to go check out Mr. Bucks nation, spam his comment section and, and let him know that we missed him today, but, uh, that's all right. It's all about how you recover next man up mentality. And, uh, hopefully we were able to put out an enjoyable podcast today. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys a little bit later this week. Until then, and as always, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 